Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So maybe use headphones if you're listening at work or around small children. Now here's the show. Hey, Jalenta. Hey, Kristen. Happy New Year of Yes. Happy New Year of Yes to you, too. I think we're greeting each other this way because it's been one week since we lived by the year of yes. Uh, yes. And you know what that means? It's time for another By the Book mini episode. Yes! Yes! That's right. It's time for another By the Book epilogue. And this week, we're looking at the aftermath of Living By, The Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. So many of you wrote in about this book, saying that the book really speaks to you. We heard from Bobby, who says, I am so happy you did this book. I notably find a lot of advice books really frustrating and just that they don't land with me. And I adored Year of Yes because Shonda was the first person whose worldview seemed to reflect my own because I'm a super pragmatic person who doesn't want what most of society, especially self-help books, assume I want, like a traditional marriage, house, kids, etc., and most advice seems not aimed at folks like that. Plus, as you discussed, her writing is just great. Nessa also said the book spoke to her. She said, as a nanny myself, I loved Shonda's view on her nanny. I so often see nannies brushed off in introductions because their boss families are embarrassed. I often see nannies told their job isn't really a job and they need a better career. Shonda made me so happy when she talked about how significant a nanny is in someone's life. Oh, agree. Agree with both. Shonda is such a good writer and she writes so well about the nanny. I've been a nanny. I think nannies are super important. 
I've been a I nanny. I love the acknowledgement. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I agree also about what Bobby was saying about the advice being pragmatic and mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. her being pragmatic yeah, in a lot totally. of ways. It's not a, no offense to the people out there who love crystals, but it's not like Excuse hold me? a crystal and your life will change. It, it, it's really just these are steps you can take. And yeah, you can hold a crystal or not. You can hold a crystal or not, but yeah. And um, I think it's what also makes someone whose life is so larger than life compared to a lot of people's lives still so relatable in, in her writing. Oh. That pragmatic approach. But hold on. Not Uh-oh. everybody thinks so. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Betsy actually uh, doesn't agree with that sentiment, <gasps> Jolenta. Interesting. Betsy writes, when I read The Year of Yes a year ago, I appreciated it more as a memoir. Rhyme's style of writing was very engaging, and it was great to see the ways that she was pushing herself out of her shell more. But while I appreciate that she was trying to become more confident in her presentation skills, I felt there was a high level of privilege to the kinds of opportunities that she had access to that many of us don't have. I always appreciate hearing about people pushing their skills and growing more, but she sometimes came off as a little showy about how sought after she was for my taste. What about people who can't afford to say yes to things that might help them more? I can't help but think of how often I've needed to say no to things out of tight finances. And I have a master's degree, and my husband has a stable middle-class job. What about people who don't have access to the education and health care that I have? Saying yes can be a statement of economic privilege. Damn. Betsy. You're right. Should you say yes to going to Italy? Oh, can you afford to? Should you say yes to speaking in front of this... You know, Ivy League school. Well, did you actually have the money to go to an Ivy League school in the first place? Yeah. I know. I know. Now I feel so torn because I felt like she was so approachable. But also, Betsy's totally right. Yeah. I mean, Can I, I th- just agree with both and just be a hypocrite? I'm agreeing with both. Yeah. But I mean, I, I do think that Shit. S- something yeah. that we said in our verdict was we liked that she owned up to her privilege, though. Right. Exactly. She, she, yeah. she admits that she's rich and famous in a way that even astounds herself. And right. She admits that she knows she has it better than most people. The fact that she can have a nanny is one way she owns right. up to her privilege. And I guess I just feel like for for me at least, even though the situations she gives examples of are so unrelatable, the lessons she's learning, I still am learning and like it's relatable out of the context of her life. Like what what do you mean, Jolenta? I just mean, like, you know, she gives some example about going to some event and, like, normally she says no to to every event. And if she hadn't said yes, she wouldn't have gone to this thing, gotten a free cool dress and sat next to Michelle Obama. And it's like, yeah, obviously I don't relate to the, uh, yeah, I would have met the, you know, most beloved first lady of all time. But I can relate to the, oh, I hate having to get dressed once I've decided I'm in for the evening and saying yes to last minute things. But I do know the feeling of like, oh, that was worth it that one time I forced myself to get dressed. Mm, So, you know, on the smaller scale, it's totally relatable. But her life is just so outlandish. Like we get a fun glimpse into what it's like to be Shonda. Plus, like, oh, right. Get dressed once in a while. Yeah. And also, I mean, I will say this. She does talk about things that seem very every day for my friends who have kids or for my sister who has kids, such as, you know, the bake sale at school and 
the demands that women all do all of their own baking before they bring in the baked goods. Right. And she was like, nope, go like, to the grocery no, store. my nanny made these. She's amazing. Yes. Or, yeah. or alternatively, I'm picking them up at the grocery store. So, nope, not making them myself. You're putting too many expectations on women. And I think women and men who are parents can relate to that, you know, policing of parenthood and has to be organic and homemade. And no, it doesn't. And I like that about her, too, because I think anybody can relate to that. Totally. Yeah. 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 But yeah, obviously, there's some privilege here. Betsy, we will not deny that there's some privilege there. And we talked about that a little bit in the verdict, too. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's hear from some people who have lived by the year of yes. Let's start with Andrew. Andrew says... Earlier this year, I decided to start saying yes to myself every time someone invited me somewhere or I saw an event I was interested in to help with social anxiety. Since then, I've started attending Qigong classes. My friends and I have a regular badminton club. I've learned tarot and so much more. I've felt much less anxious and much more active, happy, and full of life since I started telling myself yes. Ooh, this seems like a pretty fun life. A badminton club? I love badminton. It's super fun. Although the way I play it, we just set a number and see how many times we can hit it back and forth. Like, let's set it to 12 this time without the birdie hitting the ground and then just go back and forth and back and forth. No nut or anything. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you're just like not playing badminton then? I think we're playing catch. Yeah, sort of. I would say just sort of like volleying yes, type yes. exercise. Yes, and I've never done Qigong. And um, admittedly, uh, Andrew, I did have to look that up before we taped today <laughs> to find out what Qigong was. But it looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it looks like Tai Chi. So, And you know we're very pro-learning tarot here. At oh. least I am. <laughs> yeah, Kristen's surprised by that pro-tarot stance, apparently. But... <laughs> All right. There are some other folks who also want to be yes people. Like Emma. Right. I love this letter. Emma says, I am constantly saying yes at work and in my volunteer roles, but I find myself so exhausted that I usually default to a no response when it comes to socializing. Plus, I have a little social anxiety thrown in for good measure. I live in a very small town in an isolated area, and I guess I've gained a reputation as someone who doesn't say yes often. So now I rarely get asked. I'd love to know how others would deal with this situation. How can I let people know I am going to say yes before they ask? Can I create yes opportunities for myself? You know what my answer is to that? If you just say yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) How? But how? I feel the way Emma does a lot of the time, where I am such a flake and just say no so much. Sometimes I'm like, wait, I want to re-emerge into the world. How? How? And you did it in the episode that came out last week. You and Brad actually hosted a party and brought people into your house. So I will say, as someone who's been your friend for many years, and you have, I think, twice in all the time we've been friends, said yes when I've said, hey, when we're done with the taping, let's grab a drink. Usually you're like, "Uh, no, no, not not planned, not on the calendar. I did it recently. You did it recently. But (laughs) even though you say no most of the time, Uh one of the things that makes me feel that you don't hate me is that you at least a couple of times a year throw a party, and I'm one of the first people you always invite. It's true. So I I have the same advice for Emma. Throw a gathering at your house. Maybe a dinner party of three people or a board game night. Maybe you just doing that a few times a year will show people it's not that you hate them, 
It's you, that you hate going out. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That is my point. I love it. Yes. So that's my advice. Do you have any advice, Jolenta? Um, do what Kristen says. <laughs> that's my advice. <laughs> all right. Let's move along to Katie, who has a different perspective on all this yesing. She says, I don't think the year of yes would be healthy for me. I already am highly involved, overcommitted, and at least fairly social. I think I'd be setting myself up for major burnout. I was worried about that for Kristen when oh, yes. we started this book. That I was is a like, good point. oh no, this bitch already says yes to everyone and <laughs> takes on so much stuff. Let's live by a book that like is like could be mistaken for, you know, take on too much. Um, but there's enough of saying yes to yourself and saying yes to to no or essentially boundaries that I think it evens out where where you end up doing more things you care about, but also taking care of yourself more at the same time. Yes. Yes. I totally agree with that. Yes. You are laughing at me because I feel the power of yes. But it's true. This is not just a book about extending yourself further and burning yourself out more. Mm -hmm. It is about saying yes to yourself. It's about saying yes to what's healthy for you, whether that's creating space for yourself or boundaries or to friendships that are not toxic. And I I love all of those things. So um, I think if approached the right way, Katie, um, the, the book could actually be healthy for you. Next, we have a really good question about saying yes. That came from Megan. She says, I'm curious if the Year of Yes discusses how our decisions and yeses impact our broader community. Sometimes my yes is to the detriment of others, and its unintended consequences hurt others, even if I think it's right for me. Our yeses can hurt others on broad systemic issues of justice and equality, and in small ways, too. I'm not comfortable thinking only of myself and what's best for me, especially if it ignores the impact of my actions on my broader community. Granted, I haven't read the book, so perhaps there is more nuance than I realize, but this was on my mind after hearing your review. Megan, I love this question. I love this. And this is something I actually do think about a lot mm-hmm. when it comes to people saying, I'm saying yes to seeing the world. And like, when the- I'm taking care of me for once. Yes. Like- and and. International travel on planes is one of the number one ways that humans destroy that um, environment. And so you're saying yes to yourself, but you're also maybe saying no to the happiness and health of dolphins or the future world for children. Um, so I think about that sometimes when we when we say yes to things that benefit ourselves. What does it do to at the rest of the cost. world? Yes. At what cost? So I'm, it is something that's really worth bringing up. Shonda. I don't remember her bringing that up in the book, does she? No, no, she doesn't. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that means that we shouldn't say yes to things, but it is worth considering that bigger picture that right. you're talking about. I yeah. guess you just have to make sure your definition of yes includes like saying yes to the planet. Yes. Or saying yes to your community. Um, yes. If you, if you continually say yes to something that feels like it's benefiting you based on your gender, race, class, whatnot, but um, in turn, it might be hurting somebody else's situation. You know, obviously, that's something to think about. And mm-hmm. maybe consider saying no. Yeah, consider saying no in that case. Absolutely. You Absolutely. know what I want to say yes to right now? <gasps> Going qu- to the bathroom? A quick break. Yes. Yes, yes. yes! I want to say yes to that, too. Yay! Let's say, and that's good for everybody. 
Yes. Because nobody wants me to wet my pants in the no. studio. No. Nobody that's wants that. A, I, that's a no. A year of no. <laughs> year of no peeing in your pants. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. But when we come back, we'll have some listener letters specifically to Jolenta and to me, as well as lots of feedback on the topic of weight. Stay with us. We are back with our by the book epilogue on the year of yes and yes. Jolenta. Yes. We have yes. some mail for you. Yes. Grace writes, I just finished listening to the year of yes episode. I so appreciated hearing Jolenta and Brad working through how you both can make each other feel heard and get your needs met when you disagree. I like to think of my marriage as a house. We can fix problems on the main floor, but ultimately, we need to be able to go to the basement to figure out the deeper issues and fix them together. I love that you and Brad aren't afraid to go to the basement together, especially on a podcast, and I aspire to do the same with my partner. Jolent, I have to second that. That was really thank impressive you. what you guys did oh, in the thanks. episode last week, um, because you were talking about what you each want to have come out of a disagreement when you talk with each other. Mm-hmm, right. um, Brad said he thought that you wanted him to always say, I was wrong, I was wrong. And that's not what you said you wanted at all. And no. getting just, at the heart of things. I just want to be heard. Exactly. We all just want to be heard. And I just, I also think, yeah, I think it's important just to show like communication takes work, I guess. Yeah. It doesn't just naturally it's a happen. learned skill I'm learning. Turns out you don't just like pop out of your mom and go like, I'm a great communicator. You're welcome <laughs> world. Which is sort of how I thought I I was, like just naturally gifted, where it's like, oh no, like there are things that have formed me that are like go from like way before Brad that that make me react certain ways that are maybe bigger than they should be or like that most people wouldn't make that association with. But I will freak the fuck out if this happens. And it's like, oh, I can warn him of that and say, like, stay clear of this or like, please talk to me this way. And it'll help. Yeah. I thought it was very impressive. I thought it was. Um, Here's another letter for you, Jolenta. Becky writes, Jolenta, Thank you for saying that you have problems with last-minute plans. You're welcome. I also have trouble accepting last-minute plans, even if it is something low-key like going to the movies. Don't even get me started on when my boyfriend tells me today that he wants to have a weekend getaway starting tomorrow. Nope. That can't happen. It's too (laughs) late. It's too late. So thank you for helping me to feel less alone in the world. You have inspired me to read The Year of Yes and also to try to take a deep breath and say yes when I get last minute invitations. But you don't have to say yes. That's the beauty of saying yes. Because <laughs> you can say yes to you, which is saying no to someone else sometimes. 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 But you, Jolenta, said yes quite often to last minute plans while living by this book. Right. And because I realized saying yes to myself meant also saying yes to friends more because I was feeling lonely and and a little friendless. So I was like, oh, I guess I have to say yes to this and to myself. And even though myself doesn't want to get dressed, it wants friends more. Mm, That is a good way of putting it. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) The word yes is lost all meaning today for me. Um, Kristen, enough about me. Let's talk about you. Jolene, who has a great name, has this to say. The best name. 
Kristen, I wanted to tell you that I admire your decision to say yes to saying no to going to a party while you were sick. I know people tend to feel rude when they have to skip a friend's party, but in this case, you were anything but. You may have spared someone from getting sick. You took care of yourself and you showed consideration to others. I wish more people would stay home while sick. Also, hope your health woes are behind you. Keep being awesome. Aw, thank you. Most of my health woes are better. I think they're mostly better. And I agree with Jolene. Like, <laughs> say yes to, like, being sick more when you're sick. Not when you're not sick. But mm-hmm. just if you already are sick, just admit you're sick. I hate I hate when people are like, no, like, only weak people admit they're sick and, like, stay in. And, like, I'll, like, push through it. Where it's like, no, all you're pushing is, like, your germs onto me. Go away. Mm, yeah. But I, I do have to say, we live in a society where sometimes no, the know. expectations, well, maybe we should read the next letter from Rebecca uh, to oh, get to that. Oh, Rebecca. Rebecca says, I really love the Year of Yes episode. I was particularly struck by something Kristen verbalized, that she is still doing important things, even if she is unwell and consequently not able to work. Right now, I don't do much that would be recognized as productive, but I keep a tiny person alive, keep a household running, maintain relationships, and enjoy life, and my career is waiting for me to return in a few months' time. Obsession with productivity contributes to the perception that we are not worthwhile unless our bodies permit us to engage in the punishing schedule set by old white men with a wife at home and treats physical illness as some weird anomaly when we all have bodies that suffer in different ways. No to that. Yes. Yes, Uh, Rebecca. Rebecca, that is my new t-shirt. Yes. That whole... The whole thing. That whole thing you wrote is just my new t-shirt. Yeah, and I think that this is something that is prevalent all over our culture, which is, you know, as much as you don't want me to show up to work when I'm sick, I've had a lifetime of bosses who ask mm-hmm. why I'm not at work. Yeah, when like, I'm sick. and if you're not producing, like you're not a worthwhile human. Yeah, yeah, and obviously it is productive to stay in bed and nurse yourself when you're sick, and you can still use your imagination. You can still come up with future show ideas. You can still just let your brain be quiet for a while so it can work better later. You can do all of those things, but yeah, we live in a culture where. You know, sometimes we get punished if we don't show up enough. Sometimes we get a review, which has happened to me before Mm -hmm. with a boss we both had, Jolenta, saying that um, I uh, didn't show enough uh, investment in Mm. what I was working Mm -hmm. on because I was sick too much that year. And, you know, it sucks. Yeah. And like that shouldn't reflect your your worth as a worker or human or otherwise. Yeah. Especially because I'm somebody who loves to work. Oh, I know. You're obsessed with it. You're just also your sinuses are obsessed with getting infected. too. <laughs> yes, I do get sick a lot. I do get sick a lot. It's true. OK, let's move along to a topic that we got quite a few letters on the issue of weight. Yes. Here's a letter from Amy. She says, I know you purposely avoided talking about struggles with weight and did a lovely job of framing the chapter on yes to my body in terms of health. But I wanted to say that I have never before felt so validated as I read how Shonda Rhimes peeled away the onion layers of emotions and motivations to finally come to the crux of the matter concerning her weight. Was she willing to do something about it or not? And most importantly, if not, then what? The struggle is real, and Shonda Rhimes lays it all out with humor and honesty. It was amazing to read. I thought Yes to My Body was the most powerful chapter in the book. 
Sarah agrees. She writes, I loved this book and I loved your episode on it. I appreciate that Shonda shares her experience and gives advice while also acknowledging everyone has different goals. I remember feeling apprehensive when she started to discuss weight loss. I was relieved when she stressed it was not about numbers, but about how she felt. This section includes one of my favorite lines from the book, quote, if you love you, I love you. Yay, Shonda Rhimes and I love each other. I also love the two of you. Yay! That is so lovely. Yay. Very interesting. Uh, Deborah, on the other hand, is having an issue with the subject of weight. She says, I've noticed in the last couple episodes, like a simple act of gratitude and year of yes, you've been including the fact that when people were in their miserable phase of their lives— like John Kralik, they were 40 pounds overweight, or that when people found more connection in life, like Shonda Rhimes, they lost over 100 pounds. As a fat person trying so hard every day to be okay with myself, despite being constantly surrounded by media telling me my weight is not okay, and that weight, dieting, and mental health, and well-being, and even love and success are all inextricably combined, I have to tell you, it hurt my heart both times to hear my favorite feminist warriors suddenly suggesting fatness and weight loss and well-being were all connected in this way. Mm. Well, Amy, Sarah, Deborah, thank you, all of you, for writing in with your thoughts on how weight has been approached in the year of yes, as well as simple act of gratitude. Yeah. Um, all of you had great points. And specifically, Deborah, I just want to address what Deborah is saying here, because she brings up a really good point. And admittedly, Jolenta, you and I were on the fence about whether or not to or how to include mm-hmm. uh, weight as part of the author's narratives. Right. We talked about it. And in both cases, we decided to leave the mentions of weight in because they were, in fact, important to the author's personal journey. Um, But we should note, Shonda and John never suggest that anyone else should lose weight. Neither of them do this. They both wanted to. Shonda knew her weight was directly linked to her habit of comfort eating, which is something we mentioned in the episode itself. Mm -hmm. Say that in the top. And she also ate as a desire to hide from the world. So saying yes to her body also meant for her the decision to only say yes to food when she craved it rather than saying yes as when a, she was... As an emotional crush. Yes, exactly. And as for John, he knew his weight was a symptom of giving up on life, of giving up on exercise, mm-hmm. and of letting his health decline until he developed really, really severe asthma. Like, it was a medical issue. And as he became more grateful for his life, he also began working out again, his breathing improved, and yes, he, he did end up losing 40 pounds as a result of that. Again... Neither of their weight stories were shared because the author wanted their readers to lose weight, though. And Deborah, I think you're totally right. We could have done a better job of contextualizing how each author's experience with weight loss was not a value judgment on others or Mm -hmm. on themselves. um, But it was to them important to do. Right. And in the end, I also think it's just important to note when they when whenever weight loss is considered a part of this journey, because. I think it's a marketing ploy, and I think it's always uh, interesting just to see who chooses to go that route or not by just throwing in, like, oh, and also weight loss. Like, mm. you know, I just think, like, you know, just to note it, because, like, it's a whole chapter in the book. So, yeah, like, they think it's important enough mm-hmm. or, like, a good enough, you know, sort of lure 
That's an interesting take, too. Yeah, because I think that is clickbait for a lot mm-hmm. of people. It's, it is for me, totally. How like, did I lose 40 pounds in a year? Oh, my God, or you just got happy lose... and forgot about being fat and lost weight? Like, wait, I always <laughs> want that. You know, it's always going to lure me in a little bit. So I just always think it's interesting to know, like, who who adds that on. And they're like, plus this, like, added bonus. Mm. Anyway, huge thank you to you guys for bringing this up. It is fascinating to think about. And, and thank you to everyone. Everyone who wrote in. As usual, you had such great insights. You uh, shared great stories of your own lives, and we really appreciate it. So, thank you to everyone who wrote us at Kristen and Jolenta at gmail.com and, and to the everyone. Facebook community. Oh, yes, yes. Come on. You yes. guys are the best. You guys are the best. And of course, on Twitter at Jolenta G, at Kristen Meinzer, and at By the Book Pod. Thank you, everybody, for writing in. And uh, we're going to take another quick break now. Right. But when we come back, we'll have some bittersweet news to share. And, of course, we'll announce next week's book. And we're back with the Year of Yes epilogue. And, Jolenta, let's address a big issue here. Yeah. You know, we know you have been waiting patiently for an update on where by the book will be landing after today's episode. As we announced a few weeks ago, we won't be at Panoply after today as they have folded their content arm. Yes. And we have some good news. We are thrilled to announce that we are heading to Stitcher. Yay, Yay, Stitcher. Stitcher. The same folks behind The Dream, Getting Curious with Jonathan Van Ness, The Longest Shortest Time. And, of course, the Stitcher folks are also the home of the Exactly Right Network, also known as the My Favorite Murder Network. Yes. Yes. And you know what's amazing? Our feed is going to stay right where it is. You can, if you're subscribed to us, we're going to stay right there in your little podcast catcher app. You can find us where you always found us. Yeah. That's yeah. That's all you need to know. Yeah. You don't have to subscribe to us at a different place. You don't need to go searching for us anywhere. We're right where we've always been in your heart and in your feed. And as a subscriber, do do a public service and just make everyone else in your life also subscribe. Yes. Yes. Take their phones, hit the subscribe button, and be like, good, you'll never lose this show. It's staying right here. Yes, but but in addition to just following us where you've always followed us, please also subscribe to our newsletter that we're launching. We've only put out one newsletter announcement so far, but you can subscribe just by writing mailing list in the subject line and emailing us at kristenandjolenta at gmail.com because we'll have even more details and updates for you via a newsletter very soon. Um, All right. Now that that business is out of the way, we do also have some bittersweet news. The sad business. Uh, As of now, Cameron will not be coming with us. Yes. Um, This is incredibly heartbreaking for us. This is so hard for me to say. I, like, can't look at Cameron. This is just... We love Cameron so much. Um, Uh. And if we could we would carry Cameron around with us in a backpack wherever we go for the rest of our lives. Um, Cameron has just been the best. He has been with us in the early development phases of the show. He's been with us every step of the way. He's coming He's at all He's been with us hours. since before we even knew the show was a show. Yes, but one of the good things about that is mm-hmm. that since we were all friends before the show, it's not like Cameron is actually leaving our lives. 
Um, Cameron, you're stuck with us, whether you like it or not. Sorry. You're going to still be friends with us, Cameron. You're going to check on what, what size of bed you have, whether or not you have a bed frame, all of those things forever. Yes. So whether <laughs> you like it or not, you're stuck with us. But um, Cameron, you are... Very well situated at Slate right now, yeah. and he's got a he's got a whole life ahead of him. Yes, he's <laughs> like, got a really sweet gig. <laughs> he, he's got it made right now, and he's making amazing, beautiful things. He's making you must remember this for yeah. crying out loud. He's, he's working really at good Slate. Stuff. He's a producer extraordinaire. He's producing. You must remember this. You. He's producing everything. Yeah, he's producing the whole world. He's got a beautiful future ahead of him, and he's never getting rid of us. No, you can't get rid of us, Cam. We're going to follow you everywhere. Look over your shoulder because we'll be there. We'll be there and we'll be asking about your dating life and if you ate breakfast. Yes, look out your window. We'll be on the street there. <laughs> That's turn, just, turn, that may be harassment Turn to and the next stalking. table at a restaurant. We'll be there. Everywhere yeah. you go. We'll go to there. sleep. That little scratching under your bed. That's us. We're there. <laughs> You know what else is under your bed, Cameron? Maybe a copy of the next book we're going to be living by. Oh, good pivot. Let's move Thank away you. from the sads. Let's get away from all this sad stuff. Let's, and let's talk about our next book. Yeah, yeah. Let's make the announcement. Everyone wants to hear it. Everyone wants bum, to bum, end bum, this bum. on a high note. So, yes. Bum, ba, da, 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 da. Our, our next, next book, book is, is Pick 3. By Randy Zuckerberg. What if I want to pick four? What if I want to pick zero? What if my name is Mark Zuckerberg and I don't want to listen to my older sister boss me around? Listen next week to find out. Huge thank you, as always, to our amazing producer, Cameron Drews, who we have cherished working with the past three and a half seasons, and we know it's not goodbye. It's just, I'll see you in a different context forever. Under your bed. Yes. Under your bed. <laughs> With books. <laughs> Reminder, you can reach out to us at any time at kristenandjolenta at gmail.com or tweet us at G at kristenmeinzer and at buythebookpod. Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jolenta Greenberg. Bye-bye. Thanks Bye. for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, Cameron. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that too sad? That's too sad. That's too sad. Sorry. I try to lighten the mood with humor because I'm uncomfortable. Everyone's uncomfortable. Cameron's going to be uncomfortable Uh, for the rest of his life because we are not going anywhere. God willing. Oh, my God. I'm so sad. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.